in the opening section is discussing the high priest and the service of Yom Kippur. So God spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons when they approached before God and they died. This is an opening verse to the laws of how the priest, the high priest, is supposed to behave and run the services of Yom Kippur. Darash explains, obviously the question is, why are we specifically focusing on the fact that this is after the death of those two sons? Darashi answers with a parable that if somebody was sick and the doctor's coming to treat him, one version of the story is the doctor says, oh, uh, don't eat cold food, don't lie in this damp, chilly place. Another doctor says, don't eat cold food, don't lie in this damp, chilly place, so you won't die like so-and-so died. So obviously, the second doctor is much more inspiring to the patient to follow his instructions. So that's why it's saying, after the death of Aaron's two sons, God is saying to Moses, tell Aaron that he should follow all of these very strict and detailed laws so he shouldn't die the way his sons died. And God said to Moses, speak to Aaron, your brother. He may not come at all times into the sanctuary within the curtain, in front of the cover that's on the ark, and he will not die. But with a cloud, I appear on the ark cover. So Rashi explains, we're talking here about Aaron going into the Holy of Holies. It says very clearly he shouldn't come at all times, so he shouldn't die, because if he did come, except when he's allowed to, he would die. And then it goes on to say, for with a cloud I appear, so there's two ways Rashi explains this, either because I'm always there with my cloud, meaning the revelation of my Shekhinah, of the presence of God is there, and that's why he has to be very careful that he just shouldn't come there. Or, a rabbi say, he can only come into the Holy of Holies with the cloud of incense that he's going to offer up on Yom Kippur. Now, the Lubavitcher Rebbe very strongly says that by the times of Mashiach, always here, in other words, how it was biblically, one person, once a year, could come into the holiest place in the world within the temple itself, the holiest part of the temple is the Holy of Holies, and only the high priest was allowed there, and only on Yom Kippur. And the Rebbe says that by Mashiach, will all, every Jew will be allowed to enter, every Jew will be like the priest, every Jew will be like the high priest, and won't only be on Yom Kippur, it could be any time, because that will be the relationship we'll have with God, that we'll all be able to enter the holiest place at all times. But this is talking of the, all of the services of Yom Kippur when Aaron goes into the Holy of Holies. With this shall Aaron come into the sanctuary with a bull, a young male cattle, of cattle, for a sin offering, and a ram for the oil offering, for the offering that's completely burnt up to God. So the verse says, with this Aaron comes into the sanctuary. And... Rashi explains that the numerical value of that word, Be'ezayin Al-Asaf, is 410, which alludes to the first temple, which stood for 410 years. With this, Aaron should come, meaning when he is allowed to come in Yom Kippur, he also can't just come, but only with all of these specific sacrificial offerings, with all these procedures, can he come on that special day of Yom Kippur 
when God is allowing us through Aaron to enter into the Holy of Holies. He shall wear a sacred linen katina. Katina was the, the shirt of the priest. Linen pants should be on his flesh. He should gird himself with a linen belt and cover his head with a linen hat. These are sacred garments. He shall immerse his flesh in the water and then put them on. So Rosh is explaining that what the verse here is saying is normally a regular priest has four special garments, the, the special clothing of the priest, and the high priest has eight special garments. But those eight special garments he did not wear when he entered the Holy of Holies because those garments all had gold in them. And since gold is associated with the sin of the calf, therefore we don't want him to enter the Holy of Holies with, so to speak, a reminder of the sin that we had done. As our sages say, a prosecutor doesn't become the defense counselor. So the gold is prosecuting us. It's a reminder of the sin the Jews did. Therefore, he's not wearing them in the Holy of Holies. So what did he wear there? So he had his own special four garments, garments made like the regular priest, but they weren't just another set of garments, you know, the uniform of the priest that he wore on, on Yom Kippur. These were made different then because they were all entirely of linen. By the regular priest, there was wool mixed in the linen of the belt, according to some interpretations. But here, so these were a special set, and it says they were sacred, meaning that they weren't his. They were the property of the temple. The temple, from the temple money, from the temple funds, they made these special additional set of clothing just for the high priest, for Yom Kippur, for him to enter the Holy of Holies. And describing the hat, the first uses an unusual word, Yitznof, which Rashi translates according to Unklas, according to the Targum, that he should put it on his head. And it says he should immerse his flesh in water. On that day of Yom Kippur, he had to immerse himself. He had to go to mikvah five times. Because each time when he would change his clothing, he had to, again, go to mikvah. Now, why did he change his clothing five times? Because every time he's doing something inside the Holy of Holies, he has to wear those special linen garments. And then when he's doing any of the other services, he has to wear the special golden eight garments that he normally wears every day. And each time he makes a clothing change based on this change in his service, he again goes to mikvah and he also needs to sanctify his hands and feet from the kir, from the vessel that was filled with water, which the priest washed where their hands and feet were sanctified before the service. Now normally, on a regular day, before the priest or the high priest would do a service, they would they would sanctify their hands and feet. Here, each time he's doing, each time he's doing mikvah, he's immersing himself in the water, he's also sanctifying his hands and feet twice. Meaning first, before he removes the clothes he's wearing, he sanctifies his hands and feet, and he removes the clothes, he immerses himself in the water of the mikvah, he puts on the other set of clothes, and then again, he sanctifies his hands and feet. Which means if he went to Mikvah five times, he had to sanctify his hands and feet ten times over the course of this day of Yom Kippur. From the assembly of the children of Israel, he shall take 
two he goats for a sin offering, and one ram for the Ola offering, the offering that was completely burnt up to God. Aaron shall bring near his own sin offering bull and to him for himself and for his household. The Rashi says that this is what was mentioned before in, in the third verse. And why are we calling it his own sin offering? That this bull specifically he purchased with his own money, not from public funds, which discriminates what we were just saying, how the clothing he wears in the Holy of Holies specifically had to be purchased from the funds of the temple, not from his own funds. Meaning, if the high priest wanted, he could donate money to the temple for them to make those clothing. But ultimately, his clothing had to be made from the temple fund. Here, conversely, this bull that he's offering as his own sin offering to atone for himself and his household specifically had to be from his own money and not from the temple fund. And what he did with this bull, as, as Rashi is explaining as we read in the services of Yom Kippur, that he confessed over it his sins and the sins of his household. He shall take the two he goats and stand them before God at the entrance of the tents of meeting. Aaron shall place lots upon the two he goats. One lot on it was written to God. The other lot was written to Azazah. So Rashi explains the procedure. Here this was a, a very powerful part of the Yom Kippur service, that he had two goats. One goat to the right, one goat to the left. He put his two hands in a lottery box, and he draws a lot in his right hand, and he draws a lot in his left hand. And he puts the lots on the goat. So the one whose lot is written to God, that's offered as a sacrifice to God. And the one on whose lot is written to Azazel is sent to Azazel, to this, as we will describe in the verse, this mountain cliff where this goat is thrown off of, as Rashi says in the next Rashi, Azazel was a mountain, and it was Az. It was a very harsh, austere mountain, a high cliff. And uh, there was a priest who would take this goat on which it said to Azazel all the way this very, very long road to the top of this mountain and push it off from the mountain. And this would be a very unique procedure, a very unique ceremony to help bring atonement to the Jews for all their sins that were being atoned for on the Yom Kippur. Aaron shall bring near the he goes he does by lot to God and he shall make it a sin offering. So that's a traditional thing we would do. A sin offering. So when he pulls a lot out, he calls its name. He declares it as an offering. He says this is for God as a sin offering. And the he goes by lot to Azazel as we described before, shall be still alive for God to atone upon it to send to Azazel to the wilderness. So Rashi explains here what does this mean, shall be stood alive, that the goat should be made to stand while it's alive. So why are we saying this? Why why does the Torah say this? Because we're saying to send it to Azazel. But I don't know... If it's sent, is, what does this mean? Is it sent to Azazel to its death? Or is it supposed to survive after it's sent to Azazel? So therefore, it's saying it's stood alive, which is implying that its standing takes place when it's alive until it's sent away. So if it's stood alive and when it's sent, it's alive, it's implying that it's being sent to Azazel to its death. 
meaning it's alive as long as it's before God in the courtyard of the temple. Once it's sent off to a zozo, it's on its way to its death. To atone upon it, that they should confess over it, all of these are the sins of the Jewish people. Again, here, just like before, we have to say it must mean a confession. Can't normally in, in the sacrifice, the atonement comes uh, after the blood is sprinkled on the altar, but obviously here there's no sprinkling on the, of the blood on the altar, so it means the process of the confession itself. Aaron shall bring near his own sin offering bull, and he shall atone for himself and for his household, and he shall slaughter his own sin offering bull. Now this confession is a second confession, in addition to the confession we spoke about earlier, and this confession is over his own sins, over the sins of his brothers, the priests. That's what we mean when we say his household, that the house of Aaron means all the other priests. So the priests gain atonement through the sin offering of the high priest. And what is this atonement they're gaining? Meaning, what, what did they do wrong? That specifically they're being forgiven here now through the sin offering of the high priest. It's for impurity of the sanctuary and its holies. That is the atonement they could be gaining now. 